For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. All right, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Patrick Allen, joined as always by my co-host, Matt Verderam. Matt, that was a stressful game. Yeah, it was. They did not play well, but... uh... They won because they're really talented, but boy, the coaches are going to have a lot to talk about after that game. I feel like there's something wrong with me, man. Like the the Chiefs are eight and one, right? Like they have an MVP candidate, a quarterback who was MVP like again, despite not having a good game for him. Right. And here I am. It's it's you know we're going into the bye week. They're eight and one, and I'm just kind of pissed off at them. Is that? Are you feeling like similar feelings? Is, are, are we really just totally spoiled rotten here? Uh, yeah, look, I, I think it's fair to be annoyed with them. It's also very fair to say we're spoiled. Yes. Um, they're in one, like you said, they're clearly going to win this division, but I also understand why, why anyone would be agitated with them. I'm agitated a little bit with a math back game. You know what? I think for most people, I don't know if it's for you, but it certainly is for me. It's because of the just the dumb stuff that goes on in these games sometimes. And today was a microcosm of it. You know, you're playing a game, and I give a lot of credit to Matt Rule and the Panthers. They were ultra aggressive. They knew the only way they were going to win was playing against Kansas City and just going for the throat on fourth down, on special teams. And, like, Kansas City just seemed, like, un- unbelievably unprepared for all this stuff. Dave Tobe, who's an excellent coach, an excellent coach, everybody's entitled to a bad day. They run a fake punt. The Chiefs are completely caught by surprise, even though it's at midfield and you're playing an inferior team. Later in the game, in a situation where anyone with a pulse could have thought to themselves, geez, they might have a fake kick here or a fake, uh, an onside kick, something like that. They do it. The Chiefs are bailing out to run down and cover the kick. They're unbelievably lucky that the kick went nine yards. If the ball goes 10 yards, the kicker could have picked it up and ran with it. It was just, you know, Chris Jones hitting Bridgewater obscenely late. It was a dumb penalty. There were just moments in the game like that. You know, they had some drops. 
Butker, who I know we're going to get to, look, that, that is becoming a major problem. That is starting to get to a point here where they may even have to bring in somebody else to kick. I, I don't know what they're going to do because he signed for so long, but he's missed eight extra points. So, look, to be mad at them when they're 8-1 and one on the surface is ridiculous, but because of their standard and their talent level, it's also fair to be concerned about some of these things because you're not worried about them right now. You're worried about them in January, and, and that's what everybody's looking at. Yeah. Well, we're going to dive in here in just a minute. This is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate your reviews. You're always coming through for us. So make sure you give us uh, a five-star review over there at Apple Podcasts. It's really huge. If you leave us a question on Apple Podcasts, we will answer it on the podcast. Just leave it at the end of your review, your written review. Really appreciate that. And please make sure you're reading at uh, Arrowhead Addict every day and getting all the fallout, especially during the bye week. There's There's always all kinds of news. So before we get into the game, I want to congratulate Andy Reid. He won his 230th game. That's good for fifth all-time behind Tom Landry, Bill Belichick, George Hallis, and, of course, Don Shula. Andy Reid's going to the Hall of Fame. It's just nice to see him picking up these milestones. Big Red's just yeah. absolutely incredible. Okay, let's get into the game. So Chiefs 33, Panthers 31. The spread was Chiefs 10. So if you took the Panthers, congratulations. Um, prediction recap. Boy, Verderham, you nailed it. I had it 34, Chiefs 34, Panthers 23. You had it Chiefs 33, which is what they scored, uh, but Panthers 20. So yeah, I think we were, yeah, we were pretty close on a, about how many points we thought the Chiefs would score, um, but the defense did not play well. We're going to get to the defense in a second, but I want to start things off here. We have a fan question, and it fits right into what we were just talking about, and that is Harrison Butker. Yep. This came in on Twitter from at Twarpy. He asks, or she, I don't know the gender of this person, but they asked, um, what's your thought on Butker? Think he's getting, do you think he's going to get his shit together? This is not the Butker from seasons past that I remember. This was nearly the game. We've been talking about it now for weeks, and this yep. was nearly the game that Harrison Butker cost the Chiefs a victory. I, I just... Well, he, he's, he's still kicking over 90% on his field goals, but he's not kicking that many field goals, right? And, and at this point, you got to kind of lump the extra points in with the field goals, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He's not, he's not like, oh, it's, it's an extra point. He's been awful. Like, if those were field goals, they, they'd have another kicker right now, right? Look, here's the problem the Chiefs have, and I never thought we'd be saying this at that Chargers game, okay? They signed Harrison Bucker last year to a five-year extension. So Harrison Bucker's not going anywhere, okay? Unless the Chiefs and, and Brett Veach are just willing to eat an, an obscene amount of dead money, especially considering it's a kicker here. I, I, don't, I don't think that's happening. Like, if you go and you look at his, his contract, all right, Harrison Bucker, not that he's making obscene money, he's making about $4 million a year, okay? But for a kicker, that's pretty good money. The Chiefs would have to eat. I guess they could do it. If you really, you know what? I'm looking at the breakdown of the contract. I guess they could actually. They really want to. I mean, they would eat this year prorated about two and a half million. After that, two point one, one point four. So it's possible, I guess. Look, they signed him to a five year extension because they believe in him. If they come out of the buy and he doesn't get better at this, I, I think there's a real chance that they're going to move on. Like this has reached a point now. He's missed eight extra points. And I get it. It's not the old extra point where it's you know, 20 yards. It's a 32-yard kick. 
if he missed, as you just pointed out, I think rightfully so, if he missed eight 32-yard field goals, people would be apoplectic right now. And it hasn't mattered. It hasn't cost them. The only game they lost, it wasn't anything to do with Harrison Bucker. So, you know, people have kind of made note of it but moved on. If this happens in a playoff game, it's going to be indefensible because you've seen it all year long. And I've defended him all season. At some point, though, I do think maybe you even just send a message over the bye. You bring in a kicker, even if you know you're not going to sign the guy. You bring him in and just let him know, hey, look, man, like we're, we're thinking about it because it's gotten to this point. And I think it has. I, I think if you're the Chiefs, you need – I mean, what do you – I don't know what you do. If you really like him and don't want to get rid of him, but you think he's got the yips, I mean, do you bring in somebody who just kicks extra points? I, I don't think I've ever seen that before, but – uh, do you do you think about it and just say we'll basically play a man short? I don't know, but th- they've got to really consider because it it's it's gotten to the point where it's every game, it's every single game with him missing these kicks. And he also missed a field goal today. Now again, not to make too many excuses for him, it was there was some windy conditions that the the kicks were were a little bit wild. But I mean, he like it wasn't even close. Like you know, it was a bad. They were bad kicks that he missed. So I, yeah, I just. He's two of three on field goals. But then he's also a guy who went up there and blasted a 55-yard field goal. He, I think you it's know, in his I, head, man. I think it's in his yeah, head. It has to be. Yeah. Because, I, look, the field goal miss, I'm with you. Like, yeah, it sucks. But it was 49 yards, and it was really windy. Like, I'm not going to kill him for that. You know, the Panthers kicker also missed a field goal from that same distance. Hit the, like, I'm not going to get on him for that kick. But I, I think it's in his head. I mean, I think it's clearly in his head at this point. It's got, it's got to be. You know, people ask me on Twitter, well, do you think it's Tommy Townsend the way he's holding the ball? No, because his field goals are fine. Like, it's not a bad guess, but I, I don't think it's a problem. I think the problem is it's in, it's in between his ears. He, he just cannot kick an extra point. And again, at some point here, at some juncture, he is going to miss a massive, massive extra point. And by the way, as you said, today was almost that day. Like, they got really lucky that it didn't cost them the game today. So we shall see. I expect them to come out with a bye with him, but he's, he's got to get going. I mean, there's, there's no two. He has got to be better than this. And, and it's, it's just strange. You know, like we've seen kickers have meltdowns before, and it's like they can't hit anything, right? And that's not what this is. Like he's going up there, and he's making three, four, or five extra points in a row, and then he misses one. Right, like it's so strange. Like it's, I, yep. I, is it a lack of focus? Is it a technique thing? Like what? I, I just don't, <laughs> I don't get it. It's it's freaking me out a little bit. Um, he's, he I think he's together. a great kicker. He, he's a, he, he's he's got all the tools. Obviously, he's got a huge leg. He's made big kicks for them. I just, yeah, I, I it's a mental thing. It's it's mental and focus. He's just not hitting the ball cleanly every time, and he's got a that's what he needs to spend the bye week working on, and and just trying to get get it out of his head. Um, Boy, just uh, frustrating. Um, yep. So, <laughs> yeah, to answer your question, uh, we, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what's going on with Bucker, but he's, he's got to get it together. Okay. So I want to talk about the defense today because, I, I, look, I've brought this up on the podcast before, and I just – I might be wrong. I might just be way off base here, but I really feel like the defense, but by extension, I feel like Spags is he's blitzing too much, right? Like he blitzed a ton in this game. And every time, right? Like Teddy Bridgewater, they got to him twice. Okay. 
and, and I don't even know if they blitzed on the, on the two, on the two times that he got Zach, but um, every time the Panthers were always ready for it. They always had a receiver who just leaked across the middle, right in the space where the linebackers blitzed from and caught the ball or they got it out to Christian McCaffrey and the, the chiefs were look, they've got Frank Clark, right? They've got Chris Jones. They have these guys who can rush the passer. And it's just, I feel like they get into these like third and sevens and Spags is like, I'm going to send the house. And I'm like, maybe just like play man defense. And, you know, I I feel like he's hurting them. And then he just keeps sending me. He doesn't care. He's just, I'm just going to keep blitzing. That's our defense. I'm going to keep blitzing. Like you got guys in the secondary that can cover. So why is he leaving the middle of the field open all the time? what's your take on it? Am I crazy or is, does he need to he look at the defense and back off? Cause it seems like teams know I, what he's going to do and they're ready for it. I don't think you're crazy. I, I like aggressive play calling, especially defensively, which I know is shocking considering my personality, but I, I like when, when teams just come after you. So typically I do disagree. However, in today's game, I agree with you from this standpoint, it was a game where Teddy Bridgewater wasn't even trying to throw the ball down the field. So if you have a quarterback who's just going to dink and dunk his way down the field as, as he did all game long, it makes no sense to just keep coming after him, coming after him. Like Josh Allen, it makes plenty of sense. Josh Allen wants to go down the field. It makes sense to go after him and force him to get rid of the ball quickly. With Bridgewater, I was befuddled at how many times the Chiefs were totally fine, and I like Dan Sorensen, but putting Dan Sorensen on Christian McCaffrey one-on-one and just being like, well, here it comes. Hopefully it works. I mean, it just made no sense. Drop seven guys. They were getting a decent rush even when they did that. It, I just play coverage. I, I agree. Today I thought I thought the Chiefs as a whole today had a very odd game plan. Andy Reid almost finally went full Andy and didn't even run the ball once. They had a defensive scheme that relied on Dan Sorensen guarding Christian McCaffrey one-on-one multiple times in big spots. Special teams I, I touched on earlier, but I mean, my God, that was an unmitigated tire fire. That could have cost them the game about eight different ways to Sunday. Ultimately, yes. I think Spagnola does a very good job calling the games. I don't mind his blitz heaviness. Um, I believe the Chiefs rank sixth in the league in blitz percentage, at least going into today. But I thought in this game, because of the way Carolina was playing, I thought it would have behooved them to back off a little bit. And they didn't. They, In fact, as the game went on, it felt like they just kept cranking it up. Yeah, I just – sometimes they get into these third downs, third mediums, and I feel like – Spags wants to try. I, I get you. Obviously, we know what he's trying to do. He's trying to force an error. They don't always have to get the sack, but it just seemed like the Panthers were ready for it and he just didn't have an adjustment. And I think they can get pressure with four guys. I think they can do that. And I don't think they need to, like, and that's the other thing, too, is it, it's they don't have the most athletic linebackers, right? So when you're, you're, you're blitzing them, you're just, it's just, it's driving me nuts. Which, I hope they make some changes. On a quick aside, Willie Gay, for the love of God, get him out on the field. Right. Willie Gay is a human heat-seeking missile. It's like get him on the field and let him go cover somebody. The guy is everywhere. And I get it. Look, as a coach, I'd have to go back and look. There's probably sometimes he's a little out of position or maybe – I don't care. Like, the the guy is so athletic. He makes plays. He makes things happen. Like He's by a mile the most athletic linebacker they have. Get him on the field. I'm not saying 100% of the time, but that guy should be playing 50-plus snaps every single game, period. I don't want to see Ben Neiman. I don't need right. to see Damian Wilson. Like, give me Willie Gay. Get him on the field. Let him make some plays. Yeah, 
there's a reason you drafted the guy. Let's you're eight and one. Let's get him out there. I just feel like the, look. So the defense they allowed thirty first downs to yep. the Chiefs, twenty four first downs, four hundred and thirty five total yards, one hundred and four rushing yards, thirty eight minutes to twenty two minutes in the time of possession advantage. Like, I get it, Ben, don't break all that stuff. Mahomes is going to put up a bunch of points, but they did break. <laughs> they did break <laughs> a bunch. And, and and I think when you look at the teams that the Chiefs have faced this year. Yes, I know they went up against Deshaun Watson, but they were a tire fire with Bill O'Brien. They're getting a little right. bit better now, right? They they did a good job of of holding Lamar Jackson, a, a fantastic job of holding Lamar Jackson in, in check, but we've talked about some of his limitations so far this season on the podcast. Yep. And then when you look at the rest of the teams that they face, they haven't gone up against a lot of offensive juggernauts here, okay? No. And this is, uh, along with the Raiders, who can score points, this is what with Christian McCaffrey is one of the best teams that they went up against, but they've got an average quarterback, all right, and a below average to average defense that Mahomes was able to carve up. He would have thrown for six touchdowns if he wasn't so inaccurate early in the game, right? So they, they, they could have won this going away despite the time of possession and despite how poorly their defense played at times. But are you worried that when they get later in the schedule, they're going to be going up against some teams that can score? And I mean, I'm talking about even a team like we'll talk about the schedule later, but even a team like the Falcons, like they can score the football. They have weapons on offense for all their, their flaws. And I'm just worried about the defense right now looking better than maybe it actually is. Is, is that a concern of yours? Or again, am I just a cranky eight and one chief summer? No, I mean, it's not a concern of mine in the sense like Buffalo has a good offense. The chiefs completely shut them down. They, they, Baltimore is not is not a great team right now. They're very good. They're not great. But like they held Lamar Jackson in ninety seven passing yards. The problem I think the teams that give the Chiefs the problem are these teams that will dink and dunk. They'll take these little plays underneath. That being said, I thought today again, like this is a weird thing to say about this game, but they give up thirty one points. They got off the field until Chris Jones decided to club Teddy Bridgewater in the side of the helmet. That led to points. That led to three points. They had they got off the field and then gave up a ridiculous fake punt that led to seven points. They had a fourth and 14 that Teddy Bridgewater looked like Superman on, give him credit for that. That led to seven points. Like, there's a world that is not that crazy where the Chiefs give up like 14 points in this game. No, they didn't. They gave up 31. My 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 reasoning though for bringing all that up is I do think the Chiefs have a very good defense I thought today they didn't play great and and the penalties have just got to stop I I know Carolina took more than them today and you could sit there and say well you know the Chiefs weren't that bad on penalties they only took you know eight of them but when you really think about it that's a ton of penalties like eight penalties for 75 yards is a truckload they know I know when you hear the number eight you're like "Ah, okay that is a lot. Of pen- if you're over five penalties, that's, that's a problem. They, eight penalties for 75 yards. Now, now, Carolina took 12 penalties for 82. Thank goodness, yeah. Right. And, and so they, they, they hurt themselves as well. But this crap's got to stop. The Chiefs are always one of the most penalized teams in the league. If there's any criticism of Andy, that's probably it. And again, look, guys, this isn't about beating Carolina, okay? This is about what they're going to do in January. And if they take all these penalties and they make these dumb mistakes and they're caught with their pants down on special teams and Bucker's missing a bunch of extra points, they're going to have problems. Now, to bring it back, 
Okay. They are eight and one. And for my money, if you said to me, you have to bet your life, I would pick the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. They are, in my eyes, the best team in football by somewhat of a wide margin. I don't think anybody is touching them in the AFC unless they beat themselves. Nobody. That includes Pittsburgh, who, while we're sitting here talking about this, Pittsburgh barely (laughs) survived Garrett Gilbert in Dallas. Okay, And this isn't the first time with them. They barely beat the Texans at home. They barely beat the Eagles at home. They barely beat Jeff Driscoll and the Broncos at home. I mean, and the, the beat goes on. So while we're sitting here talking about this, and rightfully so, Pittsburgh is is a very, very soft 8-0. Now, it's 8-0. It is what it is, but that is not – you don't look at them and go, oh, my God. If the Chiefs play them, I would bet you anything that they'd be favored regardless of where the game is. But the Chiefs have to self-scout over the bye, which Andy's great at, and they got to come out, and they got to do something against the Raiders team who made them look bad the last time they played each other. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to complain some more about our 8-1 and Kansas City Chiefs. We'll look ahead to the second half of the season, and we'll get you guys on your way. This is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. All right, and we are back. We are complaining about a Chiefs victory. I know that's probably annoying to some of you guys, but I don't know. If you, if you are like me and you're watching this game, it was just a frustrating game to watch. Like it wasn't fun like the Jets game was last year. And there were even spells of the Jets game last week that were a little bit annoying. But I want to go back to something you said before the break, Verderam, which was we were talking about the Steelers and you said these guys are a soft 8-0. And I agree. They have barely won some games and haven't played well. But if I was, I'm going to try to put myself in the, in the shoes of another fan who's not a Chiefs fan. All admitting that how incredibly talented the Chiefs are and better than most of the teams they play. I could sit there and be like, these guys barely beat the Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert's first start. It took an overtime, right? They really struggled with the New England Patriots who literally could not move the ball and score and almost lost that game, benefited from some calls. They got torched by the Raiders. And then they struggled for a half with the Jets and almost lost to Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers, who have only won three games. Right, like you can sit there and do that. I mean, that's that's the NFL, right? Like you can. <laughs> these games, they're not all going to be pretty. Um, you can, but we know how talented these guys are. There's there's a couple of differences though. Okay, and this isn't homers. This is just. I mean, look, I watch as you know. I mean, employed there for six years. I watch every game. There is one huge difference. In fact, two huge differences with Pittsburgh and Kansas City right now. One is the quarterback, far right. and away. Roethlisberger is toast. If you watch Ben Roethlisberger right now try to throw the ball, it's got helium in it if it's any more than 10 yards down the field. He's no ability to throw the ball down the field. Okay? That's number one. Number two, Pittsburgh has played two good teams this year. They played Tennessee and Baltimore. They were chronically beaten by Baltimore, and the Ravens only lost that game because Jackson turned the ball over four times. I, mean, I watched that game twice, as a matter of fact. In that game, Baltimore should have beat them by 20 points and just gave them the game – the Tennessee game, Pittsburgh played well. Then they blew the lead. They needed to convert a million third downs to win it. That game was more of a, of a complete victory for Pittsburgh. But look, when the Chiefs have played really good teams, when they've been focused enough, they have destroyed them. Kansas City went into Baltimore and absolutely just undressed them on national television. And then went into Buffalo and, and, and blew the doors off Buffalo in that game. So to me, 
the difference is right now where the Chiefs have shown the ability to elevate and just take apart these teams. Or Pittsburgh has not shown that. The only game Pittsburgh's won convincingly was a Cleveland game. And the quarterbacks, is, it's just a, a night and day. I mean, Roethlisberger, who's a first-bout Hall of Famer, he's just done. He can't play on the same level right now that a guy like Mahomes. Mahomes has 25 touchdowns in one pick. And he's just launching the ball down. It's unbelievable. And like you said, he didn't even play well by his standards today and had 372 and four right. touchdowns. He, he could have had 500 like yards in that game. Yeah, he really was. I mean, he, 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 I think he left two touchdowns out there at least, two touchdown passes where he just missed Tyreek Hill. Uh, he was yeah, wide very open. inaccurate. Yeah, it's just strange. Is this a focus thing, do you think, with them? Like, it's just – we talked about this in our last podcast that, you know, you're going into the bye week. This could be a little bit of a trap game for them. They're, they're looking forward to a little bit of time off. It's a late bye week. Is it just sort of like they're just playing down to their competition a little bit? They're not quite getting up for some of these games? I think sometimes, and this isn't an excuse because it's something they need to rectify, I think they get bored. They're just so dominant that I think there are times where they just kind of sleepwalk through games. And I think today was a good example. They fell behind early in the game. They didn't look good. It was 14-3. They're kind of, you know, eh, okay, got to get going a little bit. Then they woke up and just exploded. I, I, it was unbelievable watching them in the second and third quarter offensively. I mean, especially the third quarter where they just went berserk. Then they kind of fell back into it. I, I understood Andy's thought process on the last offensive drive for Kansas City, but I, I didn't agree with it. They were trying to run the ball out. They're trying to run the clock out by running the ball. They couldn't run the ball at all in that game. To me, just just throw it three times. But I do think, yeah, I do think there's a focus thing. I also think it's something where, and a lot of teams go through this. And the Chiefs have actually handled this much better than most. When you win a Super Bowl for the first time, you have been climbing that mountain for years, and then you finally get to the summit, and there's nowhere else to go. You want to stay on the summit, but there's nowhere else to go but but down. And so you have all these teams that are going to give you their best shot. They're going to give you everything they've got, the best plays they've had all week. You know, the Panthers even had an extra three days to prepare. Matt Rule looks like a good coach to me. Like I think you know, these are games where the Chiefs they get the bye coming up, then they get the Raiders and the Bucks out of that two games. They should be very up for. Like it's not an excuse. But if you go back and look at teams that won the Super Bowl for the first time, a lot of them the next year, they're not that good. The Chiefs actually are very good. But like, even that Pats team, they won in 0-1. They didn't make the playoffs in 0-2. Like, it, I do think there's something to be said for you're the hunted every single week. And even though you may look at a team like a Carolina and go, all right, they're all right, but we're going to beat them. That team is going to give you every single thing it's got. And you have to match that. That's a hard thing to do, but they have to find a way to do it. And there's going to be some games that later on this year that that's going to come to fruition. Atlanta, who you mentioned earlier, they play in week 16. The Chargers, week 17. They get, they get Denver later in the year at home. That's a Sunday night game. They'll probably be up for that, but that's a game. I'll give you one right now. The Chiefs better strap it up when they play in Miami. Because Miami yeah. is in the mix. That's in Miami. Like, that is going to be there. That is the statement game of a lifetime for that team. Like Kansas City better show up in that game or they're going to get blown out. Like that is the kind of game you got to get up for. But we'll see. I'm curious as the year goes on, does that kind of come more naturally to them? Because now you're in the race. You're trying to clinch a division. You're trying to get a one seed. My guess is yes, but they got to prove it. And again, they're, they are 8-1 and one 
Like it's not like they've come into the season sleepwalking. Uh, they're they're still playing pretty damn good football. You don't win uh, eight out of nine games in the NFL if you're not doing something right. Let's talk about some of the positives here. Mahomes was a little rough, in the, and and to be fair, they were moving the ball early in the first quarter as well. They just kind of didn't weren't able to finish those drives. Uh, Mahomes was inaccurate. He was just missing some passes. He still finished thirty of forty five, three seventy two, four touchdowns no picks. He was only sacked once. So a, a really strong game from him. The The Chiefs did not run the ball at all. Um, they tried a few times. They did a, a run with Tyree Kill. Le'Veon Bell barely got on the field. Um, I'm not sure how many snaps he had, but when he was out there, I mean, Clyde edwards helaire had five carries for 14 yards. His longest run was seven yards. Yep. And he caught a couple of uh, three balls uh, for, and one for a touchdown. But do you think I've been thinking this the last couple of weeks now? Do you think that you, you mentioned that you felt like the Chiefs got a little bored? Do you think there was an element here where they're like, where Andy, they've been running the ball so much and teams weren't like letting them throw it and they were trying to make sure that they could run it and show teams that they could run it? Do you think these last couple of weeks with all the pass plays that Andy called, do you think there was a little something here of like, these guys are like, I, I need to get their swagger back on offense? I don't know. I, I think it's more about the way teams play them. You know, the Jets, because of the Jets, thought it'd be a great idea to try to make the Chiefs throw the ball, which we saw that worked out. Carolina played a more balanced and straight up, and I think you saw the Chiefs said, you know what, if you're going to play straight up, you're getting the, the rock just chucked over and over and over. And listen, I, you know, I can't blame Anthony. I mean, hell, they 373 yards and four touchdowns, like we said, and they, they could have been better than that. So I, I think all in all, it's how teams play you. It's just it's going to be teams are going to dictate. I'll tell you right now, they play the Raiders better on the ball because the Raiders are going to play in the same way they played them the first time. They're going to back up. They're going to back up. They're going to try to get everything in front of them. So that's something that Kansas City is going to have to adjust to. But, you know, and I think we can move on. But I just want to say, I mentioned Pittsburgh earlier. We talk about the Chiefs and how they've struggled. I mean, every good team, every contender, let's face it, unless you have a blow win, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about, what they've got to improve upon going into January. Because, hell, for the Chiefs, there's one measuring stick for this season. It's winning the Super Bowl. That's it. Like, if they get there and they lose, it's a failure. I mean, that's harsh, but that's reality. And they'll tell you that. And if you're looking around the league right now, the Steelers, have, they're 8-0. No, give them credit. They're undefeated. They have not been overly impressive. They have not. If, if you told me, just judging off their level of play throughout the first eight weeks, what do you think their record is? Give me, give me their record. I would have said five and three. I think it's about what they looked like. Baltimore has a quarterback problem because Jackson's been awful. Jackson just cannot throw outside the numbers. Indianapolis can't score. Seattle gives up 40 points a game like, like, like it's a challenge at this point. It's unbelievable. I mean, Seattle can't force a punt. You know, Buffalo's been inconsistent. They barely beat the Jets and Pats a couple weeks, the last couple weeks where they whacked Seattle here on Sunday. I could keep going. Green Bay doesn't play well against physical teams. Tampa Bay has has probably, in my opinion, been the best team in the NFC. But, I mean, hell, they've lost some weird games. They've taken a bunch of penalties. So, every team has something. I would say relative to those teams, the Chiefs are in great position. I think the best team in football. But, yes, there have to be some things that are cleaned up. We could sit here all day, you and I, and talk about all the things that are great with the Chiefs. Hell, I mean, that we could fill up a three-hour podcast with that. Mahomes, to me right now, is like the MVP in the league. Kelsey and Hill are going to go well over 1,000 yards. Edwards and Lair, when they give him the ball, has been extremely effective. The defense, by and large, has been very, very good this year. I mean, yeah, sure. But those things, we know those things. 
we're trying to, you know, hope to see the Chiefs correct some of the things that haven't been so good. And Andy's teams usually finish strong, so he's going to take this bye week and get them ready. Uh, we're going to do earning their arrowheads now. We're going to do it a little bit differently this week. We've been in the past calling out everybody who we thought played well. Uh, I want to switch it up a little bit further, and we're just going to take one player each that, that we feel like earned their arrowhead this yeah. week. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you a second to think about yours because I sprung this on you, but uh, I'm going to give mine to Travis Kelsey. Just absolutely outrageous. Bails him out time and time again. Always finds a way to get open. Incredible once he gets the ball in his hands. He's got this really – he made that really incredible move when he caught the ball and the defender was behind him. And he kind of – he could look, glanced over his left shoulder and then started moving right and then went left and picked up like another five yards. He's just – sometimes he scares me when he does that because he runs behind the first down marker. <laughs> but um, 10, 10 receptions, 159 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but absolutely incredible. At a 44-yard reception, was targeted 12 times. He's – He's incredible. He's the glue that holds this offense together. Certainly earned his arrowhead. How about you? So I'm going to be boring, but I'm going to say Mahomes. And I'm going to say for an, a re, the reason I pick him, though, is not for the obvious. He was missing throws that, frankly, most NFL quarterbacks should make early in the game. And for him, I mean, are like a screen pass that he should be hitting. I mean, Hill, Hill was wide open over and over and over, and he couldn't hit. The great quarterback, though, has amnesia and does not get scared off by not playing well for a drive, for a quarter. I thought Mahomes, the biggest thing that he showed today, and he's shown it before, but the complete lack of fear throughout, like they got down 14-3, he wasn't playing well, and he never flinched. It was like, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing what I know I can do. I'm going to keep throwing it, keep throwing it, keep throwing it. They had no run game. They did protect him very well today. That needs to be said. He very rarely was under pressure. But they couldn't run the ball. The defense was a mess. The special teams was a mess. And through all of it, it didn't matter because Mahomes just kept standing back there and just firing. And, and sometimes, you know, look, Andy LaHeshier famously said, you know, not every game is a Mozart. Now, I think maybe Picasso would have been more of an apt description. But regardless, it's true. They won the game today, and Kelsey certainly was the focal point of the passing attack, obviously, alongside Hill. But they won the game, in my opinion, because of who their quarterback is. And he just kept dropping back and making plays and finding a way to win the game. And ultimately, you'll look up. They didn't play very well by their standards, and they scored 33 points, and they won. So my, my uh, earning the arrowhead goes to Mahomes. He is incredible. <laughs> He's absolutely incredible and is right there in the MVP race, uh, especially after Russell Wilson didn't have quite such a great game today. And I got, boy, I just feel bad for the Seahawks because we were there a couple of years ago with the Chiefs for Seahawks fans. Like, Russell Wilson doesn't have a, a good game. You're losing. Sorry. Can't yeah. stop anybody. Can't stop a nosebleed. Uh, it's, no. Luckily, they have Russell Wilson and, and some good receivers, but it's going to be hard for them. That's the type of team that gets snake bit in the playoffs because they just have a fatal flaw. We'll see if they can turn it around. We've seen defenses do it before, but it's going to be tough. All right, so it's the bye week. We're going to hit you later this week with some you know midseason grades, those types of things. But let's look ahead as we wrap up this podcast. The Chiefs have seven games left. Four of them are – they actually have a rough stretch out of the bye. They play four out of five games on the road. So they come back yep. from the bye week. They're at Las Vegas. Then they're at Tampa. 
taking on Tom Brady. Then they're home against the Broncos. As you mentioned, that's a Sunday night game. And then at the Dolphins, at the Saints. So some good weather there for, for the Chiefs at Dome and, and down there in Miami and Tampa, which is good for, the, for their high-flying offense. But uh, after the Saints game, they, they come home for the rest of the season against the Falcons, who at that point it, you know, may just be <laughs> it's maybe oh, they will their, be playing yeah, out the string yes. setting their setting their tea times um and then the chargers who who are going to be a formidable opponent uh it looks like no matter what what do you see when you look at the second half of this schedule like when i look at it based off of some of the flaws we've talked about the chiefs having so far in the season i'm you know i i think it's going to be a it's going to be a tough stretch for them i know they're supposed supposedly have the easiest schedule i think remaining but looking at some of these teams the Raiders beat them the Bucks have weapons all over the place and they got a good defense uh and as you pointed out the Dolphins pretty damn good the Saints are getting Michael Thomas back what are your thoughts on the second half of the season just looking at the schedule they'll win five or six of them I think they'll win five or six games because for all the things we just outlined about what's wrong and what is concerning the things that are their strengths are just so unbelievably overwhelming and I look at them and just go, look, Denver's not beating them at home. No shot. I, I will say, and I've been saying this for a month, they are going to put it on the Raiders, something fierce coming out of that bye week. I, I have not been more convinced of anything all year long. Andy is going to be harping on them that the Raiders took a victory lap around Arrowhead after the game last time. The Chiefs blew a bunch of coverages. Andy's got a week to self-scout. I would expect the Chiefs to come out and play strong in that game. I think they'll split with Tampa and New Orleans. They could win. They could win both of them. But I'd say, listen, let's let's be fair. They're not going to be perfect. It's probably split them. The game that worries me the most about that is the at Miami game because Miami's going to be in the mix. They need the game. I think the Chiefs the last two weeks of the year, especially if they're fighting for the one seed, I think they'll beat the Falcons and the Chargers. I, the Falcons can't stop them, and the Chargers I respect, but they're going to be playing for nothing. So. I think the Chiefs probably go five and two or six and one. If you if you pin me down, I'd say six and one. I think they'll they're always good after their bye, and I think a lot of that is because of the coaching and how they kind of correct mistakes they've made. They're also getting Lejarius Sneed back. Said that on the podcast last week. That my understanding was he was going to be coming back the next day. He was activated, and so now he's 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 on the track here to play very soon. They're getting Sammy Watkins back. They might get Mitchell Schwartz back. Like they, that stuff matters. So. I think they're going to win five or six games. I think they're going to probably end up about 14 and two. And, you know, I'd still say I think they are the front runner for the bye, even though Pittsburgh hasn't lost yet. Do you think that Bucks game is going to get flexed? Or are they going to leave it in the afternoon? I don't know if they can flex it. I don't know if CBS has protections on that. That's stuff that I'll be the first to admit sometimes I don't even understand. Yeah. If yeah. they can flex it, Oh, they're going to flex it. Um, I mean, that is the, that is an unbelievable game. In my opinion, it's a preview of the Super Bowl because I think they're the two best teams. I'll tell you one thing about that Bucks game. Nobody blitzes more than Tampa. If they blitz the Chiefs in that game, they will get smoked. If, if they sit back and they play more straight up, I think it's a harder game. If they blitz the Chiefs and they try to make Carlton Davis guard Tyree Kill one-on-one, it's going to be a long night. We'll see. But I am I'm fascinated to see that game. Brady, Mahomes, I mean, what is that, the fourth, fifth time that he matched up? Fourth time? It'd be interesting. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about them adding Antonio Brown. We'll see how he plays here. Um, but 
they've got a lot of weapons on offense. They can run the football. They can play defense. So they're they're the the blueprint of a team that could give the Chiefs some problems. And 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 they have the goat at quarterback. And he's not what he was, but he has not these anymore. he has these flashes though where he can he can get it done. He you know he can he he feel I feel like he's having that Peyton Manning season. That you remember that last Super Bowl run that Manning had where like he wasn't great. I think he's playing a little bit better than Manning. Oh, was, he's, but he's playing a lot better. Manning was a, Manning got benched for Osweiler. That's man, never man. what you're looking for. Man, it's terrible. But but I know look, I know what you mean. I mean, it's just kind of their last hurrah, maybe with him, and, and maybe so. I, I'll say this though: the one thing with Tampa, the Chiefs can exploit. Tampa's defense is predicated off the fact that they're really good at stopping the run. And excuse the language: the Chiefs don't give a shit. They don't care. They just do not care. Tampa can stop all they want against Kansas City. The Chiefs are going to be, that's great. We're going to spread it out. Stop this. We're going to throw five receivers into the pattern. And if you blitz, our all-world quarterback is just going to find whatever the mismatch is. Is it Kelsey on a safety? Is, is it is it Jaleel Dean, Jamil Dean on Sammy Walk? Like, what is it? Because whatever it is, that's where the ball is going. And, look, I think Tampa is very good. Don't get me wrong. I, again, I think they're going to make the Super Bowl right now if you made me pick. But. The Chiefs, the Chiefs certainly can match up. I, I think the Chiefs are a bigger problem for Tampa than the other way around, just because of the way they play each other. It's going to be interesting. I do think the Chiefs have a little bit of an easier road in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. I could see the yes, I the, agree. You know, Tampa could get tripped up on the way. Okay, that is it for us tonight. Look, we know there's some negativity here in this podcast. It was kind of a frustrating game, but as as Verderam said earlier. And I was thinking this as we were coming into the podcast. Look, we could sit here and talk about how great the Chiefs are. You know that the Chiefs are great. They're 8-1. and one. So we are looking for some things to break down here for you. I think we'll have a, a much more positive uh, spin on things in our midweek podcast when we record on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. And, of course, if you like what you heard, you can subscribe to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and everywhere you get your podcasts. And please help us out with those reviews over at Apple Podcasts. Make sure you follow Matt Verderam at Matt Verderam on Twitter. Make sure you stop by fansided.com every Monday for his column, Stacking the Box. He's got a bunch of other stuff that comes out throughout the course of the week. Really incredible content on our NFL category on fansided.com. You need to make sure you read that. You need to make sure you go to Arrowhead Addict every day from Matt Connor at Matt Connor AA, the lead editor over there get all of your Chiefs news and everything going on there. And of course, you can follow me. I'm at, at R. Patrick Allen and follow at Arrowhead Addict. All right. For Matt Verderam, my name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you later this week. And as always, go Chiefs. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.